It is Monday, January 4th, 2021, and this is the iPhoneography Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm joined, as always, with my uh, trusted co-host and friend, Dave Podner. How you doing, Dave? Doing great. How you doing today? I'm not doing too bad. Uh, we have a, a guest on with us tonight who is no stranger to the show, uh, Matt Hoffman. How you doing, bud? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. Uh, we thought that we would talk this week about... Um, since, you know, it was uh, Christmas not too long ago, and uh, uh, I'm sure there's been a lot of people out there probably got a new phone uh, or maybe even their first iPhone for Christmas and maybe thinking about starting to take some pictures. So I thought we'd uh, see what kind of uh, information we can conjure up between the three of us here um, and give some people some advice some tips and whatnot. Uh, what do you guys think? Sounds like a plan. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, the three of us, we've had iPhones for, it uh, seems like, forever. And, uh, you know, when when we first got them, we were sponges for information on, on what we could do for, um, you know, photography and, and what, whatnot. And back then... Uh, just about the time I started anyway, and I'm sure you guys are probably not far off from that. There was a plethora of apps to choose from and, and, you know, filters and stuff like that were really big back then. Uh, things have changed, I would say, uh, in, in the, um, you know, in, in the quote unquote landscape of, uh, iPhone photography. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the, the whole filter scene isn't what it used to be. Um, it's certainly different now because it's more video related for like TikTok and Snapchat and all that stuff. But um, for just photography alone, I think there's a, a few um, things that maybe people could uh, to take a look at. And uh, um, Matt, since you're the guest, why don't you start and, you know, kind of give folks an idea of what the first thing they might want to do would be. Okay. Um, well, I guess uh, starting from the the super duper beginning, um, you know, if if you are a beginner to iPhone photography, it's maybe likely that maybe you're a beginner to um, having the iPhone in general. And um, you know, one thing to know is that a uh, a real easy way to access the camera on the iPhone is basically just to um, swipe to the side, you know, after you, uh, do your face ID or, um, or actually even now, uh, on your unlock screen, there's, uh, the camera icon that and gives you real quick access to the camera. Yeah. Yeah. You just press and hold and your camera just pops open. Yeah. I guess actually the swipe to the side doesn't work anymore. Maybe that was yeah, a different iOS. Works. It does. Yeah, really? so Yep, swipe from the right to the left, yeah. and it just pops open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it works. You don't even have to unlock the phone. That's what makes it great. 
Hmm. Or if you have to be wearing a mask and you're outside. Oh, yeah. Like like most people should be wearing a mask when you're outside and you want to take a photo without having to unlock your phone, just kind of. And if you let's say it's you you happen to be living in a cold area like all three of us are um, and you have the touch sensitive gloves, you can still Mm -hmm. swipe with the gloves on. Which yeah, is nice, I have a pair, which but is I nice. don't wear them enough. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so you know that's that's bare bone basics for sure, Matt. Um, so anything you want to say about the native native camera app? Um, well, I'll tell you, in my opinion, it's gotten um, it, it's gotten good. Um, I find myself using it more and more um, over. The, the third-party apps, um, especially uh, now that uh, Apple has their own RAW format, the the Pro RAW uh, format, which you're able to access within the the uh, Photos app. Um, but I kind of feel like like everything that you need, um, at least to get started, anyway, is is right there in that app. You can, you know, be in your photo mode, and if you're if your phone has multiple lenses, you're able to quickly, you know, change between the different uh, lenses, um, you know, turn on and off live photos, turn your flash on and off. Um, you know, you can even change the aspect ratio of your photo. So if you want your photos to be like, um, you know, like the widescreen format, like 16 by 9, you could do that. Um, turn on like a timer function if you're setting up a, you know, a self-portrait or so, or something to that effect. Um, just tons of stuff. There's even little uh, filters um, within the uh, the Photos app that you can uh, just select one before you even take the picture, so you can see, um, you know, right away you can see it basically live what the filter is going to make the picture look like which is kind of cool um yeah it's a it's a great app yeah and and as far as uh you know quote-unquote manual control i guess well i guess that's really what it is uh there is some limited functionality there too you know maybe not as much as third-party apps but um you know uh focus lock and exposure uh, uh, focus lock and exposure lock, you know, is by tapping and holding the screen until you'll, you'll see it pop up. I mean, you know, you'll know what's happening, but you can also just tap on the screen and you can slide your finger up and down to increase or decrease the brightness of the image or, or um, overexposed or underexposed to be, you know, use the correct term. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, um, it's really becoming a powerful camera app and, uh, I, you know, I got to agree with you. I've been using it more with my 12 Pro Max than I've ever used it with any other phone. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a diehard Halide guy, and I use First Light and uh, at times too. But boy, oh boy, with the with the Apple Pro Raw, <clears throat> even though it's available in other apps, it sure makes it uh, really easy and convenient to use it. Well, I and also I think with the um, the build in when we, we Greg when you were talking about when we all got started, a lot mm. of the times you had the extra apps because they were filling in gaps that and this is something Apple's done over the years. They'll give you what they consider 
the vast majority of people want. But if you want the edge case, there's apps for that. You know, like yeah. when we started, we didn't you didn't have a pano mode. If you want a panoramic, no. you had to get an app to do that. That's right. Yeah. Or if you wanted HDR, you needed an app for that. So if you wanted if you were like, oh, this is going to be a really bright situation or, you know, there, there's obviously going to be a bright sky and HDR would help. It wasn't you couldn't take an HDR photo with the app, but, you know, you could download an app and take specific HDR photos. You know, or if you really wanted a panoramic view or like, oh, I'm going to go out to this overlook and I want a panoramic view. Well, you better make sure you're home first, get a panoramic app that'll do it and then have it stitch it together. Yeah, yeah. Then Apple started to add little things in like, oh, by the way, now just swipe and you can do your panoramic and then, oh, you can make larger panoramas. And now I think they're just for uh, the the size of the panorama now are just to the be the built-in one just so i don't want to say ridiculously large but you can make them so large <laughs> yeah and how much like, they let you to do now so when you say large do you mean like the amount of panning that you can do from yeah. one side yeah. to the other yeah the amount oh of yeah panning like it's, and it's, how, it's a, it's how it, how it stitches like, it together pretty amazing oh yeah yeah i think i i don't know what the um the degree of the view is like whether it's like 160 but it's almost 180 um, it, it's just ridiculously wide how, you know, uh, the, the, the view you can get with a, with a panel and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so that's, you know, th- that's kind of the native app in, in a nutshell. Um, it, it's very powerful. It's a very good way to get started. Um, can I, uh, can I piggyback like one other like tip regarding the, the native app. Oh yeah, sure. Okay, so um, you know you, when you open it up, there's you know the the shutter button uh, down at the bottom in the center, the big white uh, dot, um, which is typically what I press to uh, take a picture. Um, oh yeah. But if you kind of if you kind of like more of like a, a camera feel, you can use the the volume. Um, the volume uh, up or down button to uh, take a photo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, th- so that's kind of cool for people that you know are just maybe used to like a, a point and shoot or, or you know, coming from that sort of uh, uh, camera background. Um, now, now here's here's what I really want to talk about, and this is um, sh- taking pictures in burst mode. Um, so it, it used to be that if you held down the shutter button on the screen, you would take pictures in burst mode. So that's like it's rapidly taking, uh, you know, a whole bunch of pictures in rapid succession. And you would use that if you're, you know, trying to capture uh, action or, you know, just some kind of, of moment that you don't want to miss. Maybe you're taking pictures of kids or something and you want to get that perfect shot. Um, burst mode is perfect for that. Well, now with the new uh, iOS, if you hold down the shutter button, instead of it doing a burst mode, it starts recording video. And I remember you know, right after updating the iOS 14, uh, not knowing that it was going to 
<laughs> and yeah. missing some pictures that I wanted because it was recording video instead of, you know, shooting in burst mode. So yeah. going back to those volume buttons, if you want to do burst mode, you hold down um, the volume buttons. And um, mm. you can hold down... Uh, actually, the volume up button is the burst mode, and volume down actually records video, just like the uh, the, the shutter button on the screen. Now, does it record the video just while you're holding it, or is that just like an on-off switch? Yes. No, okay. it, just while you're holding it. Yeah. Oh. Okay. See, I didn't know that. And that, yeah, that, that's only uh, for the newer phones, too. Uh, yeah, I think it started because, in the 11. Yeah, because my 10, if I hold down the shutter, I just tried it. Um, when With my 10, if I hold down the shutter button, it um, it does burst mode. Okay. So this is one thing that I will, I will criticize Apple for is that they're, especially with the, I think with the 11 especially, they started to add, change the way the, the camera the building camera uh, app worked, but only for the newer versions. Like Matt, when you were saying about how you can change the aspect ratio of the photo you want to take, mm-hmm. I don't have that ability. Oh, interesting. So I don't know if someone's getting in on it. I, this is something I just don't know. If someone's getting a new SE, you know, are those guts old because they're older guts? Are those guts old enough that, or are they new enough where they're doing the new 11 camera or the older camera? Well, I will say it works on my 10s Max. Okay. As well. You mean your yours works more like what Matt, what the newer ones do? Yeah. Okay, so it must be the 10 is the um the difference there. So. But as one thing, you know, just like, well, that's everything is like, I would say if you're if let's say you're you're either maybe switch over from Android, because I can't believe there's that many people who don't have a smartphone who are adults. Um, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're like, oh, my kid just turned 13 and they just got their first iPhone. I understand that. But if you're an adult, I, I think the market saturation for smartphones is well in the 90s if not upper 90s for the u.s and so but if you're coming from android or just you know it's like the biggest the greatest thing about i think digital cameras in general and smartphone cameras is there's no waste you know if you hit if you hit a button and it looks messed up you can just delete it Mm -hmm. so Definitely experiment. <laughs> like if you notice a yeah. feature, or you're like, "Hey, I heard Matt say do this. Let me. See. I wonder if I should try it." Say, like, "Yeah, try it, please." <laughs> oh yeah, don't, don't yeah, hold back. Sure. Don't hold back. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me uh, let me say one one more quick thing, and then I'll, and then I'll shut up for a while. That is um, uh, about the uh, the native the native app, um, and. Uh, I think it's something that's not immediately obvious. So I noticed when 
when I uh, got my new phone and, and fired up, you know, everything up by default, um, the native camera was set up to where uh, at the top and bottom. Um, so basically like outside of the frame of the photo, the, those, what used to be black bars, like where you would select if you're doing like photo or video and where your shutter button is and stuff, those were translucent. And that actually really screwed me up at first because I assumed that the entire screen, because I could see stuff on the entire screen, even though, you know, the, the menu portions were over the top and the bottom, I thought that mm -hmm. was the picture. And so I was framing shots for to fill the entire screen. And then in reality, I was only capturing the center, you know, two thirds of of the uh, the frame. So basically, it's a mode that allows you to see outside the frame. And that's what it's called. And um, if you find it distracting, like I did, uh, you can go into the settings app and go into camera and you got to um, it, it, you don't really have to scroll down to find it, but it's called view outside the frame and you could toggle that off. And when you go back to your camera app, um, the top and bottom sections will be black like I think they should be. And uh, it will not be confusing anymore about what you're actually taking a picture of. Mm. Yeah, that's no good. And I yeah, just that's... turned it off because that was driving me crazy too. <laughs> <laughs> now, Matt, let me ask you something. When you go wide when you do, you said you can select to shoot 16.9, right? Yeah. When you do that, does your full screen show up and it gets translucent or is it, does that little box gets? No. So the, uh, so, so keep in mind the iPhone is not 16 by nine. It's bigger than that. Right. All right. Um, it, like it's longer rather. Um, so basically the way it shows up is menu, which is like where I would select, like if I want live photo on and off or my flash on or off, um, that is still black. Um, but then the shutter button and, um, you know, selecting whether it's photo mode or video mode and that kind of stuff that actually falls within the frame of the picture. Okay. So, but it's, it's not as confusing as that view outside the frame because, right. um, I, I don't, it looks it, like, I don't know. It this looks is the just, same as when you're in video mode basically, right? Yeah. No, yeah, okay. pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Dave, if you turn on your video, right. uh, go to video mode. That's exactly what it looks like. Okay. Okay. That makes more yeah. sense. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's anyway, I just, I, I just remember, um, getting my phone and, um, almost immediately I went on a, a business trip overnight to Cincinnati and, and went to go take, uh, pictures of the, the city skyline and, you know, it was set up with that view outside the frame and I shot like all these pictures, but I had them cropped so that, it, you know, it filled the whole screen. And I thought that was what I was taking pictures of. And then it was like crazy cold out that night. And I go back to my car and 
I go and I look at the photos and I'm like, wait, what the heck is this? This isn't what I was taking a picture of. This is only part of the picture. Mm. And then I had to go back out and reshoot everything. <laughs> and I was highly annoyed because it was so cold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, so, my. um, yeah, so those are some really good uh, good points, Matt, because and I, I don't think I would have thought to have mentioned them myself. And yeah. uh, that that whole issue with when you go to, you know, you're in the camera mode and you can see that translucency in the background, that was driving me crazy, but I just never took the time to go into the settings and, and shut that off. So, you know, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, um, no, Dave, definitely. Dave, yeah, that's... That would have drove me crazy if that was a permanent feature. Yeah. I mean, especially since you can't, if that was, well, here's the actual photo you're getting. I understand you want to show it as wide as possible, but it's like, and I I remember the presentation when they rolled out that feature. And the idea was, well, you're taking a picture and oops, you just don't get the timing right, but we capture more than you than you were shooting for so you can just change it a little bit and reconfigure it and catch that little bit which was right outside the frame and it sounded good but it's confusing which is which is bad always bad Mm -hmm. um anything else to add on the native camera app dave before we Um, go on to other things here not that i can think of um I, i honestly i think one of the features that like I said, it, 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 it like with you guys, it's pretty much my default um, for average situations. Um, also, because it does have the live photos, which if you have yeah. kids, if you have kids or animals, live photos can be a great saver. Um, yeah, that just, is that is true. And I know there are apps that do do the live photos, but just the fact of if you want to take a picture quickly and someone's moving or. Just, you know, you especially with dogs or cats, I, I imagine it can be with kids too, but, you know, you can't exactly tell a dog or cat, hold that pose right there. Because the minute you talk to them, they turn their head and they either run towards you or, you know, something changes about it. <laughs> yeah, or a live yeah. photo, you can say, okay, I got them blurry because their head was turning, but I can hit the live photo and go back just a little bit of time. And then that's everything. If you're taking live photos a lot, just don't take the photo and move the camera down. You know, take your photo and wait a half a second before you move your hand, before you move your hand off of the photo. Because you can maybe get yourself a little bit of wiggle room if there's movement one way or the other. Yeah, because it's taking... Basically, it's almost like shooting a video for yeah. a second and a half before and a second and a half after you tap that shutter button. Like it's three seconds worth of exposure time. So that is something to remember. Uh, so as far as capturing goes for, you know, people who have never done this before or, you know, just got a new phone and, and are just getting started in it. Um do you think it's worth mentioning third-party camera apps, or do you think that's getting in a little too deep? I think it's worth it. Um, I think there's a couple well, really. Okay, let's let's yeah, yeah let's let's just uh, you know give one of our favorites out there. Uh, okay. Um, you know, and and that way we don't. Uh, uh, yeah, we confuse don't. We don't want to overload people. people. Yeah, we also <laughs> yeah, we don't, don't want to overload either. <laughs> yeah. So, Dave, what you give us your favorite? 
Sure. My favorite's camera plus two. Um, and I originally purchased it when I got my first iPhone. So that's around eight years ago. Um, and it's also one of the reasons when I was looking at it on the app store before we were, when we were getting ready and I noticed because at the time camera plus it says camera and then the plus sign. So the addition sign, then space, the number two, because there's other ones which look very similar and have similar names. Um, it's, it was the first one that I, that you could purchase that if you wanted to go just a half a step, like I said, went back then the building camera app was a lot more limited. If you just want to do that little half a step more, it helped out. Um, the two things I mostly use it for now, it has a stability mode. So if you, it would, you basically fire up the app and down below you can hit around the shutter just a little plus to get additional options. And if you do stability, it won't take the picture until it notices no movement on the camera. Which is, if you're trying to get a little extra crispness and clarity, um, especially with, an, you know, it, it, even though the new phones have, you know, with the additional stabilization, it still helps that the phone's not jiggling around. Yeah. So so that actually is nice. You, you hit Now, the only problem is you hit the shutter, you have to wait until it detects a small enough movement before it'll take the picture. So if your hand's a little, you know, jiggly, or if it's cold outside, or if you're stretching out your hand to get a picture, let's say over a crowd, it won't work well. Uh, but if you're looking for that little extra Christmas, that's nice. The other thing I use it for, well, two other things, uh, macro mode. So if you want a really up close picture or something like of a flower or something on that nature, it's really good with stability also. So since you're like right, you're just inches away from what you're taking a picture on, you're zoomed in, any little movement can really mess up a photo. But having that stability with the macro is nice. And because I don't have the ability to do it. Other, and if you have a newer phone, you probably have it. But Camera Plus 2 will let you do panoramic shot, uh, panoramic um, 16 by 9 photos, both vertically oh, okay. and horizontally. Oh, nice. So if you want to get, let's say, a flagpole picture and you don't want to use a panoramic because it can make vertical lines a little wonky. Um, maybe we don't want them to be. Um, you will have a, you have the ability to do 16 by nine and get a nice vertical shot there. Yeah. Yeah. These, these third party apps are, some of them are really feature filled for sure. Um, Matt, do you got a, a favorite? Um, well, so I'm, I'm not going to steal your thunder. So I'm going to pick a different, Actually, I already had a different one in mind. So if you want to steal it, you go ahead. All right. All right. So 100% I use Halide more than any other um, camera app. And uh, mostly what I like Halide for is shooting uh, RAW in in the RAW uh, format. Um, There's a, a few other things that... Um, are maybe like a little bit more advanced, but um, they're definitely things that I enjoy um, about Halide. Uh, one of which is that it can show me a histogram, uh, which is basically a, just a display of 
the tonal values of the picture. So I could see if um, it basically gives me a representation of the exposure just to like in a graph. So I can see if, um, you know, maybe a, a highlight is too bright and I'm not going to have any detail in it. Or conversely, maybe a shadow is uh, too dark and now it's completely black. So I won't have any detail in it. And that um, is good for a couple reasons, one of which could be um, artistic. Maybe I, I want a highlight to be uh, white or a, a shadow to be black. Um, but at the same time, maybe I don't want that. And it gives me an opportunity to adjust my exposure. Um, and I could just see that information on the fly just by looking at the histogram, which is pretty cool. Um, it can do portrait mode, which... Um, I don't really ever use it for that, but um, mainly just shooting raw photos is, is what I like the most about it. And it has a lot of really good uh, manual control as well. Um, so, you know, once you kind of get comfortable with what you're doing and, and um, you know, want, want to kind of have a little bit more artistic control, um, it gives you much better manual control over the exposure of your photos than the native camera app does in my opinion yeah and it's a really well designed app too uh i found it very intuitive to use when it first came out um you know it's it's just a good design and it's it's uh you know there's no zoom in it like you can with the uh you know the apple camera app uh the, the developers, I think their philosophy is if you want to zoom, use your feet, um, you know, walk <laughs> in and walk out. Right. Uh, they don't want to <clears throat> they don't want to overload their app with a bunch of stuff like that. And uh, that, you know, the app to download the app, it's less than 20 megabytes. So it's it's a real lightweight um, app to put on your phone. But um, it, it is definitely one of my favorites for sure. Um, but I will mention Halide's sister app, Spectre. Now, what that is for is for doing long exposure photography that you can do without a tripod. It's it's as simple as holding your hand still and taking the photo, and you can get anywhere from a three to a nine-second exposure. There's three settings, three seconds, five seconds, nine seconds. And it has... It, what it does is it takes advantage of the um, built-in stabilization of, you know, whatever technology the iPhone you have uses. And it really works well with the um, 12 Pro and the 12 Pro Max. Well, the Max especially because it has that in-body sensor stabilization. Uh, it's the only iPhone that has that. But it does work really well on other iPhones like um, like my 10s Max. It's two years old. It doesn't have – it has – Optical stabilization, so it kind of takes advantage of that. But what you can do with this long exposure, you could do light trails, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uh, you know, get that smooth flowing water look in a waterfall. It, it's a great, um, it's a great app for beginners or people who've never tried this type of thing before. Um, to do that, you can do it with live photos in the native camera app. You can you can get these looks with live photos, but Spectre gives you a little bit more control 
you know, with the length of the exposure, and you can you can adjust the um, the brightness of the image up and down. Uh, it's just really, really, really well done, and it's well designed again, like Halite. Uh, I forget how much it costs in the App Store. It's not a free app, but it's if it, if that's the kind of thing you want to do, it's really well worth it, and uh, well worth you know. The price of it, I, I forget what it is. I, in, I'm in Canada, uh, Dave and Matter in the States, so the numbers are going to be different. But I believe in Canada it was probably $5.99 or something like that. I, I just don't know what it was. But <clears throat> I should write down these prices when I buy stuff so I know what to say they were. But, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's really good for that. Uh, and I'm going to throw another one in there real quick. And it's First Light. And that's made by the folks who make Filmic Pro. It's a you know a, a professional grade video camera app for the iPhone. Um, and what makes First Light so interesting is that you can give it these looks. They call it, and and it looks like you know different films, film simulations, and you can do all that stuff before you even take the shot. So you can play around with these settings, and 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 it's intuitive to use as well. But you can play around with these settings and see how the image is going to look before you take the shot. And there's even one for infrared, and it's really cool. Anything that's green in the in the frame turns out to be red. So, um, fi uh, filmic first light, uh, and these are all going to be in the show notes, so you can always find them there. But uh, it's it's a it's a really cool app as well, and it does raw. You know, it, it can do some of the advanced stuff too, but. Um, it's really, really cool to uh, to play around with. Um, so those so, are some... Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, I was going to say the, uh, the, the pricing uh, real oh. quick. Okay, um, yeah. the, the Spectre, uh, the long exposure app, Spectre Camera, uh, here in the U.S. in the App Store, that app is $3.99. Okay, so it's uh, probably well, be 5 in Canada. Yeah, well worth it in my opinion to be able to do handheld long exposures. Yeah, for sure. Um, I actually used that app uh, just yesterday quite a bit. Um, I started out using um, another app called Slow Shutter Cam, which is also for doing long exposures. And then after a little while, I just got kind of tired of dealing with my tripod, so I switched to Spectre and Got really good results. Yeah. Um, and then going back to Halide, I, I forgot that Halide went to mm, kind of more of the subscription model. Yeah. Um, so it is um, $11.99 a year. Um, but if you want to do just the, the one-time purchase, you know, buy it once and be done with it, it is $39.99. Right. And so it's free to try for a I week, realize, I think. Yeah, I realize that is expensive for, you know, what everyone's used to for apps, but um, it's a really good app. Yeah. Uh, do you happen to have the prices on the first light uh, and Camera uh, Plus 2 just while we're at it here? Let's say Camera Plus 2 is, this is one thing that shocked me. It's seven ninety nine now. So when I originally purchased it way back, 
Uh, it was, I think, three ninety nine or two ninety nine, but they had yeah. filters for editing, and you could buy oh, like the Holly, what they call the Hollywood pack, and it would have different filters that you can do editing because you can shoot and edit in it. Um, and the the filter packs were additional in app purchases. While they just went to a straight, you know, buy one. We're just going to charge you once, and you get everything with the app. So it's mm-hmm. it's up to eight dollars now. So it it is a bit it's a bit pricey for a secondary camera app. That is true. Yeah. Powerful yeah. in all that. It oh can yeah, do. yeah. And it is a one time purchase. It's not a subscription. Yeah. And filmic first light is also the same. It is seven ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah they they were going to go subscription, but then they heard a lot of negative feedback from people about that. So then they changed it to a one-time price. And um, now I think I, I'm not sure, but I think there may be in-app purchases for some of the, you know, the film simulators, uh, film simulation looks, I'm not sure. Um, or, or it could be just a one-time price. Yeah. I, uh, I'm just checking the, the website now and there's no in-app purchase listed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah, so it's it's another one that's. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna start doing this kind of thing, you know, once you kind of investigate these apps and and you like what you see, good grief, the the money that you're paying for these things isn't that bad. Um, I mean, Halide's a little pricier than the other ones, but it's worth it. Like, I use it so much that I I made the one time purchase. Now I, I own everything for life for that app. Um, because I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it a lot. Um, and, and first light when I, when it first came out, I, I right off the bat, I took a year subscription on it. It was like for in Canada, it was like 13 bucks. And shortly after that, they decided to just switch it over to one-time purchase. So now I, I own that one as well. And, um, it's definitely worth putting the money out for these apps because there's a lot of work that goes into making them for one and it helps support the, um, the developers and, and, you know, lets them improve on it and everything else. But, uh, I mean, don't be afraid to, to spend a few bucks on something that you plan on using a lot. So, so that's, that covers the capture side of, of the photos uh, of, of taking pictures with your new phone. Um, now you may want to try doing a little bit of editing. So, I think the the first thing that p- people are going to look at is right in the Photos app, you, you can have a picture pulled up, and then in the top right corner, it'll say Edit. And that opens up the editing suite where you've got different controls. for You can do an auto, uh, an automatic thing where it just, it uses machine learning to figure out what, you know, parts of the picture need this and that and everything else, and it'll optimize the image. But even from there, you can start playing with the um, the brightness, the contrast, the you know the whites, the the, the highlights, the shadows, you know a, a plethora of of different adjustments that you can make, all right within the Photos app, and it's pretty darn good. Um, have you guys been using that much lately, or you kind of veer over to the third party stuff? Yeah, I haven't really. I've been more third third party myself. Uh, haven't really been using the built-in uh, yeah. editing features. I don't really know why. I just uh, 
I don't know. I think because a lot of times I'm editing um, raw photos and and typically uh, while the the built-in app does now have a lot more parameters you could adjust, I, there's just typically more more things I, I want to be able to do than what the uh, the built-in app allows. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair statement. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, if you have a 12 Pro and you shoot in Apple Pro Raw, you can adjust those Pro Raws in the Photos app. Uh, other than that, there's only two apps that I know of that can that can process those images properly, and that's uh, Darkroom and Raw Power. I don't know of any any other apps that have added that capability yet. And there's a thing called local tone map that it has to recognize and be able to adjust in order to work with those specific file types. Um, but that's getting that's getting too deep for for this this episode. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's a little that's a little bit much right there. Yeah. So, but anyway, I mean, charge for that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know that's that's where you can end up going, you know, down the road. But anyway, um, but no, the Photos app is it's plain and simple. It's right there. It's it's great for um, doing edits. And if you don't like what you've done with your image, you can always go back into the editing suite later on and revert it back to the way it was when you first shot it. So that's a you know pretty nice feature to have. Yeah. Um, so, Matt, your your favorite is polar is it not it is a hundred percent yeah so just you know a couple of features that really stand out with polar that really uh tickle your fancy what would they be (laughs) all right so this is going to sound completely ridiculous um actually it's it's a hundred percent ridiculous um so in polar uh, which is P O L A R R. There's you know, di- different tabs to do different things, and, and kind of the third one over from the left is called adjust, and that's where you'll find you know all the options for adjusting, you know, contrast and saturation and sharpening, the, the things that people typically think of when they think of just you know editing a picture. Um, I use the auto feature in the adjust tab um, pretty much 100% of the time um, because it gives me a very good starting point. Now, I don't click auto and just leave it there because I, I never like the result, but some of the things that it does, I was going to do that anyway. So <laughs> it, it, it just... It just makes it real quick. Um, it, it, it basically it, it gives me less things to adjust, right? So, like one of the things um, that it does, it adds like a certain level of clarity to the picture, um, which uh, I find acceptable. And I was going to go in and and you know have to do that anyway. Um, it adds a, a dehaze effect. Um, which most of the time I find very pleasing on the type of pictures that I take. Um, basically, the, it is kind of like removing haze. It, it's essentially like adding 
some like micro contrast is kind of like what it is to the picture. And I typically, I like that a lot. Um, so, so those are like, you know, just two things real quick that it, um, that it does for me. And then even, you know, parameters like exposure and contrast and adjusting highlights and shadows. I have to tweak that stuff a little bit, but it, um, it does a pretty good job. Uh, it, of kind of figuring out, um, you know, may, maybe what it should look like. And it just makes my job a whole lot easier and faster. I find. Yeah, that's so cool. That, that's, uh, and then, and then a, another thing that I like too, um, you know, let's say you, you took a picture that maybe has like, um, I don't know, just any picture that has maybe a dark foreground and like a bright sky or something. And you're trying to kind of balance, balance that out somehow. Now, Polar doesn't have layers. It doesn't have the ability to work in layers. And honestly, if you, if you, uh, I apologize about the background noise right now. Sorry about That's that. Okay. Um, if, uh, if you're a beginner, you probably don't really want to be messing around with layers and stuff anyway. So um, I think this actually might be a good feature to not have layers. But one of the things that it does have is kind of like artificial intelligence selection modes. Um, so, for instance, if you were trying to adjust, like, let's say, a sky to make it maybe a little bit more blue or darker or whatever you wanted to do. Um, you can go in and click on uh, selections and it has this list. It'll be like the ground or the sky or vegetation or just, you know, a linear gradient or maybe even a certain color. Um, and then you could also go in and kind of do your own selections via like a brush or, um, you know, however you want to want to do it or whatever. But those like artificial intelligence things, they're awesome. Like being able for it to just know what the sky is in your picture and be able to select that. And when you make your adjustments, then it's only adjusting the sky or you could invert that selection. So you're, you know, adjusting the foreground or whatever. Super cool. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, I saw that I don't feature. Know if in any the of that made sense at all, but um, <laughs> well, it's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, I saw that feature in the app when I was kind of playing around with it, but I didn't try it out. And now you've got me uh, curious. I want to want to give that a try and and you know just play around with that and see how it works. Because I I was playing with an image one time, and there was something about the sky that I wanted to do. And I didn't have an app that I didn't think I had an app that could do that. And and now I know that all I got to do is open up Polar, which I have, and uh, try it out. And, and I'd have to go back and see if I could find the image again. But um, but yeah, that's that is a really cool feature. And it, it's not um, you know maybe something that people would think about right off the bat. But as they get using their their phones and and get taking more and more photos. You know, there there may be a situation where they want to just fix the sky or just fix the ground, and that's a, a great way to do that. Uh, Dave, oh, go ahead, Matt. Were you gonna? Uh, 
Oh, yeah. Just one other thing that I think is really cool about the app. So it does use a lot of like artificial intelligence. And, um, you know, let's say uh, you take a lot of portraits or, you know, just pictures with people in them in general. Um, it does have the ability to recognize faces, um, not to where it's like, hey, this is, you know, your wife or whatever. It's, it's not like that. It just recognizes that this is a face. Right. And mm-hmm. it could recognize like all the faces uh, in a picture and it'll have like a re- uh, it has a retouch uh, feature and it gives you the ability because it can recognize each face. You can retouch each face individually. So, you know, let's say there's two people in the picture. If one person maybe needs a little bit more like skin smoothing or something than another person, you know, your, your editing is not global across the picture. You, you can edit literally one face at a time. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, uh, another feature that I don't use polar a whole lot. Um, I the, the more I talk to you about it, the more I, I, I keep thinking <laughs> I should be, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it's a very powerful program. And, um, uh, now is it subscription based or is it a one-time buy? Um, it's actually, I want to say they went to a subscription, but, but it's a script. It work. You can use it cause I use it without purchasing it, but some of the features are, uh, subscription only. Okay. And well, so it, if you want, here we go. And actually, I just opened it up. If you want the Pro, what they call Polar Pro, it's $20 a year. Or you can do a monthly subscription of $4 a month. Mm-hmm. And you get a seven-day free trial. Okay. And the free trial gives you everything, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So that's okay. the overlays so. with, like, the overlays, if you only have... The free version, the overlays, you can only do brightness and contrast. You can't do uh, additional color corrections on the overlays. Yeah, um, okay. Or ba- you can't do batch saves or backing up styles type thing. Yeah. It's pretty powerful, though, even without the upgrade. Okay, that's good. Yeah, um, Yeah. okay. Well, thanks for looking that up. Um, it's also accessible from right inside uh, the photos app. So, you know, if you, if you select a, um, a photo, any photo in your photos app, uh, you know, the, the, um, yeah, the photos app, you know what I'm trying to say and, (laughs) and click the three, the, you know, you go into, um, the edit mode, you know, so you click edit and then, uh, once you're th- there, you click the three little dots that are probably up in the right-hand corner. That'll bring mm-hmm. up a list of all the the apps that work as basically extensions. Um, so you can, you know, like in my case, I've got, well, I've got a whole bunch actually that work as extensions, but I could <laughs> select Polar and it, and it yeah. opens right in polar so the advantage of to doing uh, this is that um you're not creating a copy of the picture when you're editing it 
um, you're basically editing that picture, but it's doing it non-destructively. So like if you make edits and then five minutes later, you're like, why the heck did I do, you know, why did I crank the contrast to a hundred? That was stupid. You can, you know, revert back to the original picture and start over again. Yeah, that's, that's a nice feature. Um, although I have noticed a lot of apps now, even if you're in, you know, you're in an app like, like Polar, like if you click Polar, you know, on your phone, open the app and then open a photo to, to edit in it or like Snapseed or whatever, um, you can, you can make changes to the original photo and then it gives you a pop-up that'll say, you know, allow this app to modify this image and you click OK and then you don't end up with like tons of copies of the same picture in your photos app. Yeah. Yeah. Some, sometimes storage could be limited for, you know, in, in, for some folks, but, uh, uh, so that's always a good thing. Um, Dave, you got a, a favorite? I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. Well, there's actually two that I'm, that I use a good amount. I'm going to go with the one that actually is a little more, I don't want to say basic but one that i use um to correct issues and that's touch retouch which is one oh, i learned yeah. from matt from, it's a from great when, app. when we we're on yeah, yeah it's, it it's 199 but what it can do is magic oh, yeah. uh it, basically it is a straight removal app so if you have if you're taking a picture and there is a telephone pole in it or um, even a wire, you know, let's say the, the telephone pole you can't see, but you can see the wires in the in the sky. And this is something you, it's iPhone, iPad, which is nice. Um, and it, it is built. It doesn't have an extension. So you don't even have to like with um, Polar, like Matt was saying, you can just hit the three dots, go right into it. Now, it when you go into it, it kills the live photo feature. So it can't. Edit mm-hmm. live photo. So it makes it just a flat photo, which in my mind, by the time I'm up to this point, I'm fine with the composition of the photo. So I don't really need the live feature that much. Plus, it, it like every other edit, you it's not destructive. So you can always pull it back and go back to the original. But you just you, know, you get three options, object removal, repair, or line removal. And you just do that line removal. You just have to put your finger over it. It notices where the line is. And unless you're trying to take out something like a large car that's in the middle of a scene, which I did once, but it it works mostly. Uh, <laughs> but if you're trying yeah. to do something major like that, it, it's, it gets a little much. But if you're doing things like, oh, I noticed um, uh, an object where in a shot we're like, I didn't want that there, but you couldn't remove the object or you couldn't do anything about it. You just put your finger over it for either object removal or correction, and it'll blend it in. It'll make it look like it never was it was never there in the first place. And it does such a good job of it too. Like oh, in a does. lot of cases, like there's there's some yeah. ca- sometimes uh, you know it just depends on what it has to work with within the image. But yeah. uh, in oh, a it, lot it, of cases, it's, in, in, it's magic, but it's not that magic <laughs> yeah yeah it's no, still it doing a lot really of it impressive. on its own it's still doing a lot of it on its own where all you have to do is basically kind of put your finger over where you're interested in having it 
uh, adjusted and like you'll do it. And like I said, it, a lot of times you won't even know you can show someone the picture afterwards and it isn't. Well, if, if people have seen bad photoshops, you can look at it and say, OK, that wasn't part of the original photo. For the most part, with touch retouch, unless you know that you, unless you tell someone you remove something, they won't notice it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. so it is it I is really amazing. It could save a lot of photos where it's like, oh, this would be perfect, except it had blot in it that I couldn't, you know, it's part of the scene. I couldn't remove it. I couldn't shift the way I was. Give it a try. And like I said, for $1.99, and it's a one-time purchase, um, it is amazing what it can do. Definitely amazing what it can do. Well, just a real quick note on Touch Retouch. Um, th- there's a Mac version for that, too. And when my son got married, he got married outside on a really beautiful, gorgeous, hot, sunny day. And there was a photographer there doing pictures. But, I mean, I was shooting with my phone like crazy anyway. And it was when the wedding party was coming down the aisle. And it was sun, you know, like, like I say, the sun was shining. Um some of the pictures, and I don't know if it's just because my phone got too hot because I was taking too many pictures at a time or whatever, but some of the pictures had these orbs all over the images, and I wanted to clean them up, and I was trying to do it on the phone. It was just getting so cumbersome. I, I went to the apps, the Mac App Store, bought the app, and it was so good at taking these weird circles off of people's, you know, the dresses and the suits and and all this stuff, and it really did a, a great job of that. It basically saved a lot of wedding pictures. Like, I mean, these were just for my own personal, you know, enjoyment. These pictures, but the last thing I wanted on my son's wedding pictures was to have all these circles on people, and and it just cleaned them all up so well. So, you know, worth the price to to go get that one too. Like, a, even like just the iPhone or the iPad app will probably do everything you need it to do. Um, the Mac app is a lot more expensive, I think, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a great app, very well developed and can sure work some magic when you want it to. Uh, so you have another one, Dave? Well, the other one, and this is something that's, again, this isn't so much, I have a photo and I want to see what it looks like and I want to edit it. So it's, close to what I saw or at least what I imagine my mind with the image would look like, which I think touch retouch does is the Photoshop camera. Um, it's actually, it is Adobe, it is Photoshop, but you don't have to, it is free. You don't have to pay for it. Um, you don't even have to have an Adobe login. So they accept either Apple login or Facebook. So, um, all, all those wonderful people who are, you know, pay so much for all the uh, Adobe products are basically subsidizing this for the for for, for uh, basically I can kind of say this as a entry level drug uh, where Adobe says, hey, look at this free Photoshop camera and look at all the amazing things you want the full blown version, don't you? Don't you want this wonderful subscription down the road? Um, but it's nice to it, it basically it's a couple things. One, it does have a built in fix or built in enhanced enhancement edit where you can just click a button and it has some other part, but honestly the, the additional editing isn't anything better than what the built in photo app can do. Um, 
the auto enhance does help for if you have some dark shadows you want to bring up and make it a little more vibrant. But I also like the filters on here because if you want to do something like, oh, I want to uh, replace this sky with just kind of um, a cartoony um, um, deep space sky. And you, there's very little you can do on it other than, yes, that's the filter I want, and this is the intensity I want on it. So you can't say, well, oh, it looks like it's missing some of the, you know. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I think it's also a good beginner for just getting creative with filters is that there's not a lot of extra little things you can do. So you're not going to be, get lost in the details or trying to get overwhelmed. You basically say, that's the look I want. And it does an amazing job with uh, masking out, let's say, the sky or masking out this or, oh, there's my main subject. And I want to do something where you only see that with some colors and things. It'll actually do a pretty good job saying, OK, that, that is the main subject. That is the mask. And its mask is pretty good. Um, and it's, and like I said, nice thing is it's free. You can do some little creative things with it and just kind of go wild with photos and without having to invest a lot of time and effort, especially if you're a first timer or you're new to it. Yeah. And one of the things that I've seen people do is put like star trails in the sky. Uh, I, I believe that's one of the options, yeah. isn't it? Like, it is, um, yeah. yeah, you can, yeah, you can make it look like a, a a time-lapse exposure or whatever, mm-hmm. with the, you know, the streaks of stars going across. And it does a really good job of masking out just the sky and, and giving it that effect. So, yeah. It, it, and, and you said it was free? Yeah, it's free. 100% yeah. free. Um, you don't have to have a Photoshop subscription or, you know, Adobe uh, Creative mm-hmm. Cloud subscription. It's completely free. Like I say, you don't even need to make a, an Adobe login if you want to use a yeah. Facebook or your Apple login, you know, the app where the Apple gave you that option to log in using Apple yeah. ID. You don't mm-hmm. even have to do any of that. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, my favorite for editing, uh, if, if, if you've listened to the show before, it's no secret, it would be Lumabee. Um, what I like about Lumabee is it's designed and it's laid out to take you through the editing process rather quickly. Um, you know, so when you open the image, uh, you've got for you can you could do there's filters that you can you know that you can use in Lumabee. Um, I'm honestly I'm not a big filter guy, but there's um, you know the the first option is to crop the photo, and uh, uh, you know you got your square, you got your four by three, which is a native camera apps ratio. Um, then you can go with three to two, and then sixteen by nine, and then you've got um, vertical options for those as well and then you've also got square um <clears throat> excuse me the so once you get your crop the way you want it then you can go into you know if you want to give it a filter you can give it a filter uh lumabee is free and there's an in-app purchase for extra filters the developers work with a professional photographer and and come up with these you know some of these cool looks and stuff like that um but then once you want once you get into the editing itself then you've got your your basic functions which is your um, exposure and your contrast and something called structure and i think structure is more like um a a heavier contrast adjustment i'm not sure how to explain it exactly but but it uh kind of acts like a clarity 
function or, or, or a dehazer in a way. Um, but then from there, you've got uh, your color adjustment, so your saturation and your vibrance and um, your temperature and your tint. And LumaBee can also um, process raw photos too. So if it's a raw photo, there will be a raw tag uh, on some of these adjustments like color temperature and that. But um, <clears throat> generally, it, it's really good for just doing JPEGs or the you know high efficiency files. Uh, so then you got, after that, you go to your tones, which is your highlights, your lights, your darks, and your shadows, and you can play around with those and, you know, slide them around, get, get it to look the way you want. And then finally on the finalize screen, you got, um, your vignette sharpen, and you can add grain to it if you want, if you want to make it a, a grainy image, or you've got fade and fade reminds me of what Visco cam or that Visco app does, there's a lot of different, um, like what it does is it just brings down the contrast and gives it a faded look. So, uh, and that, you know what, that's pretty much it. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, simple. Gets you through the process quickly if you, if you want to do a quick edit. And then um, on the share screen at the end, you've got, you can save the image or you can save it as a new image. So it will actually make a copy. Um, and and then you can share it to Instagram, and there's another one that says others, and that goes for uh, that. Well, that just brings up the iOS share sheet, where you know you can send it as a text or you know email the picture, put it on Twitter, or whatever. Um, so it's 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 a good app. It's what they've introduced recently too is that you can, if you find that you're editing your apps the same way all the time, which I, I pretty much do. You can make a preset so that when you bring in a photo, and if you if if you think you want to just give it your own personal look to it, you can go to the presets and just hit that button, and, and it just puts all those adjustments on it. And then you could tweak it a bit more from there, I guess. But uh, but yeah, it's and it's free. Um, you know, nice nice powerful little app, <clears throat> and um, made by a, a couple of guys over in the Czech Republic and. Uh, you know, they, they've been, it, it used to be, uh, I think when I bought it, it was four ninety nine here in Canada. Uh, and then it was a couple of years after that, they just put it out for free and then made these, um, these extra filters, the in-app purchases. So, um, but yeah, it, it's a good little app for editing photos. And, uh, like I say, it gets you through the process quickly. If you, if you're one who doesn't want to spend a lot of time editing, and playing around with it, uh, it's a good one to look at, and you know it's free, so why not? Um, but other than that, the only other one I want to mention before we finish up here is one that uh, Mark Sadowski told us about, and it's called Ramini. I think I'm just looking up here. I believe it's R E M. Where is it? Yes, R-E-M-I-N-I. -I. It's Ramini AI Photo Enhancer. Uh, and it's for editing blurry pictures and video. And when he first told me about it, <clears throat> or he actually told us in a group chat here, uh, I was a little hesitant on trying it because um, it's hard to take a blurry picture with these phones nowadays. The, they're so quick at getting focus and everything else. But... It's it's what it 
what it did for me was I took a picture of a self portrait and I used my iPhone 10 S max. I used the moment tele photo lens on top of that camera. And the result was just so disappointing. What it does is it, it really made it look pixelated because it, that particular camera doesn't let a much, doesn't let much light in. So it, uh, it was just a poor quality photo, just really bad quality. It was pixelated and and just didn't look good at all. So I ran it through this Ramini app, and it just cleaned the photo up so well. Not just my my face and you know my clothes and stuff, but uh, it, it crisp. It made the background look nice and sharp and crisp. And whereas before it was so dull and everything else. Uh, if you find you've got a blurry picture and you want to clean it up, you can give that one a try, and, and it'll be in the show notes as well. Um, it's free to try. I think there may be uh, a certain number of photos that you can use through it for free before it starts to you know, ask for a subscription or whatever. But um, I was really surprised at how well it, it cleaned the picture up. So... Um, you know, just something to think about if you find yourself you got a dirt, a, a a blurry photo or pixelated or the poor quality or whatever, you can always try running it through Ramini and and see what you get. So, I think uh, I think that's about covers it, hey guys. I put nope. you to sleep, didn't nope. I? No, nope. no, nope. I think we're both on mute. We're both on mute. So I was on mute. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> but no, I mean, it does get, um, and you know what, and it, we, and I would say don't get overwhelmed because we did talk about a few different things here, you know, you, oh, yeah. and my suggestion is also, we, you don't have to try everything at once. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, you, there's, if there's something like, you know, if you're starting to take pictures and you, you only want to use the built-in app, go for it. There's tons of stuff to, you know, or just do built-in editing. There's tons of things there, but if you're like, man, I wish I could do this or I have this situation. And you're like, oh, I remember those guys talked about, you know, oh, I wanted to get a close, close, but oh yeah, macro, I remember they talked it were, oh, I wanted to do this instead. Or, oh, there there was that additional editing that Matt talked about in Polar. That mm-hmm. weird, and they spell it weird too, which all apps spell things weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. There's, you know, like you say, you don't have to start, uh, you know, digging into the heavy stuff. Just start out simple and, and uh, you know, if I had a word of advice to give to somebody who is just starting out doing this, I would just say, take pictures and just take as many as you want. You could always delete them if you don't. If, I mean, if they just turn out totally bad, if you don't want them, you can delete them. It's not like back in the film days where you had to be careful how you shoot. You know, you had to get it right the first time. but. Um, I mean, shoot to your heart's content. Take as many pictures as you want. Uh, just practice, practice, practice. Study your pictures and, you know, just try to improve on them. And the only other thing is if you want to, if you want inspiration, go to Instagram or or Flickr and look at other photos and whether they're taken with a phone or not, they'll be inspiring. And, and I know that's what I do to this day. I still look at other people's images and get inspired at, you know, to, to try that or, you know, improve how I take a picture. So, uh, um, Matt, what do you, do you have any advice to, to give a, a new photographer? 
Um, just similar to to what you, um, you guys were saying, uh, you know, what Dave was saying earlier is, you know, take it slow, um, mm-hmm. and you know, just just shoot. Like um, I know for probably all of us, you know, when we started out, you know, taking pictures with the iPhone, um, I don't think any of us were really new to photography per se, but the the phone was like a whole it was just a whole new thing and you know there there weren't apps uh available at the time but um you know I, I just think as we've been going along um you know we're all kind of building our skills in terms of taking pictures and editing um we're getting ideas as we go along about how we want our pictures to look and then you know figuring out uh usually just through google or youtube or whatever how how to achieve that result and you know that's kind of how you find out about you know some of these different apps um because there there's just so many now it's it's hard to it's hard to even know where to begin so i think you know the the takeaway is really to just just take pictures and mm-hmm. um you know if the result that you get right from the the iphone camera is what you're looking for then cool stop there and if you're looking to do something a little bit more than that um you know take it slow it's easy to get overwhelmed but just figure out you know what is it you're trying to do and then find that app that will allow you to do That's all I, I got. I think we lost you. Oh, uh, I, I thought we lost you there for a sec. Um, yeah, yeah, and you know something else that that might be worth, yeah, you know, worth trying is uh, go to tinyshutter.com, and there's a whole pile of past episodes where we talk about different apps and 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 methods and and different things to do with iPhone photography. Um, you know, Tiny Shutter was where I met Dave and Matt and and Mark Sadowski and Joseph Ferreira, and uh, eventually I was a you know a co-host on there with everybody, and you know we had a, a lot of fun talking about this stuff about you know different apps, like I say, different apps, different ways of doing things, different techniques and stuff, um, and and you can go through the the catalog for this podcast as well, and there may be something there. Uh, everything's in the show notes for for both podcasts. Uh, Tiny Shutter's not a regular show anymore. Um, still comes out once in a while, but uh, um, you, you know if you're looking for information, those are some great resources as well. And on that note, I think we'll tie it off, and because uh, I think we've gone on a little longer than we normally do. But uh, I mean, I know we could talk about this for hours, but. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how, how long people want to listen to it. But um, so, okay. So Matt, uh, tell people where they could find you. All right. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Flickr. Um, I'm not even sure where else. Those are the, probably the main places right now at M Hoffman photo. All right, Dave, where can they find you? Sure, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as ProfPod. Um, you can find me on the Tiny Shutter uh, Facebook group as Dave Podner. And 
Greg, when you mentioned the Tiny Shutter podcast, I just happened to look out of curiosity. Um, on January 4th, 2012, was the launch of the Tiny Shutter podcast. And that's so today. That is today. So we are on the nine-year anniversary of Tiny Shutter launching and talking about Instagram passing 25 million users. How oh, wow. cool is that? Okay, so now everybody, you got to check it out. <laughs> check out Tiny Shutter. Go to tinyshutter.com. Listen, uh, listen to Matt, Mark, and uh, Keith from uh, nine years ago. <laughs> yeah, you know, I have yet to do that, so I think I'm going to do that. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go listen to that one. And, I don't and think Matt, I don't like. think Matt's going to do that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's probably so cool. not. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and this podcast has been almost a year, I think. Uh, it, you know, it hasn't come out regularly, but um, uh, it's bi-weekly now, I think. So it'll be semi-regular, you know, as long as life doesn't get in the way. But, um, but you can find me on Instagram at McMillan Photo, on Twitter, McMillan underscore photo. And uh, you can find links to my all my online presences at um, about.me slash Macmillan. So that's M-C-M-I-L-L-A-N. Uh, like I say, we do the show every couple of weeks, and um, as long as you know nothing gets in the way of it. And uh, you can find this podcast at iPhonography.ca, and it's on the Apple Podcast app, on iHeartRadio, and hopefully just about anywhere else where you can get a podcast you'll find it just do a search for iphonography podcast and it should come up and um you can find the artful i photographer or artful iphonography community which is basically where this podcast started from um you can find it at artfulipc.club which is a uh, just a community of uh you know like-minded uh, folks who create photos and artwork with their iphones and uh it's a community on the the MeWe platform. It's not on Facebook or whatever. It's on it's on a a website called MeWe. And um, if you go to artfulipc.club, it'll take you right to that page. So um, we have over fifty members now, and and uh, it's a pretty pretty good community. It's a lot of good folks on it, and um, it's a lot of fun, you know, sharing what we do and and. Uh, you know, I always say, teach what you know and learn what you don't. So that's that's what it's all about. So on that note, uh, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks, Matt, for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, oh, yeah, my pleasure. Uh, oh, hey, thanks, well, for, thanks for. I was going to say thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. And I think you and Dave are doing an awesome job with this podcast. By the way, oh, thanks, Matt. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you know, if it wasn't for you know, if it wasn't for Tiny Shutter, I probably wouldn't be doing this, um, you know, getting into podcasting. And so, uh, you know, I, I have a, a real debt of gratitude to, you know, Mark and you and Joe and, and you, Dave, you were there before I was. And, uh, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. And, and we just hope to, to continue that ride through this one. And, um, oh, yeah. and uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm glad 2020 is over. This is 2021 now. And, and uh 
I'm hoping that we have brighter roads ahead. So, um, true. We we will uh, carry on and and keep snapping, and we will see you guys or see you, Dave, in a couple of weeks. And oh, yeah. Matt, if you're available, you're always welcome. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Have a good one, guys. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye.